Hello and welcome to a very special spring edition of the Rangers Rundown. I am Max and I'm joined tonight by Mike. Hey now. And Hayden. Hello, hello. Spring is in the air, fellas. Young love. We're lusting after new folks, old folks, differently shaped folks, same shaped folks, folks generally. Folks that are in the best shape of their lives. Uh, Uh, yes. Who is in the best shape of their lives for the Rangers this spring? I I haven't actually been seeing very many of those. Isaiah Counter-Falefa. That's a good one. And and Shohei. (laughs) Oh, Swolhei Otani. That's, man, that's a... That's a transition. It's He's a good one. He's in good beast mode. Yeah. I hope he does, honestly. Maybe not against Texas. Like He can take off those, like, you know, 20 games or so. But, uh, yeah, watch out, everybody. I think he's going to be mad this year. I want to see mad Shohei. You know who else is mad this spring? And this, while well, I'm thinking about Shohei Otani, is you Darvish. And I am very here for it. Oh, yeah. He's gotten he, good at Twitter. He's pitching angry. Although everything's in Japanese. <laughs> he's giving interviews in English now. Yeah, he, yeah. He's did, he determined that he felt more comfortable doing so, and he's been apparently a pretty fun interview. He threw six different pitches in his spring training debut. Nice. He's he's apparently added possibly a new a new wrinkle pitch this year. He learned a knuckle curve from Craig Kimbrell last year, uh, and just sort of decided to start throwing it, and was like, "Oh, this is pretty good." And now it's like his best pitch. Crazy. <laughs> it's, it's not fair. I, I miss that guy. But hey, instead of missing a guy, uh, Corey Kluber's a ranger. Yes, he, he is. today. In real life. I saw it. I done seen it. I saw the first inning, which is probably the least good inning to watch. Kind of a crappy ground ball that Rugen Adore waited on in shallow right field for half an hour. Two walks. But then I struck out. Ooh, I can't remember if it was Hernandez or Seeger. Foul tip. Pretty good pretty good little pitch. And then got two ground outs, one of which did score a run. Um, I think he struck out four over three innings of work. And nothing, as far as we know, broke or flew off of him. So an excellent spring training outing, as far as I'm concerned. Indeed. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of... Uh, pent-up Rangers pain and both of you indeeding me celebrating a pitcher not exploding in his first appearance. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, We know what we are, though. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, but imagine, imagine the, first of all, like, how would you feel if, uh, you know, we get Ace Corey Kluber and he, you know, does the thing where he pitches 35 times in a year and eats like over 200 innings and is Contends for the super good and like has an ERA under three like I don't even think that I have allowed myself to think about that I'm just like oh yeah Corey Kluber is a good uh, person to put a Rangers uniform on I think I like that idea but I haven't even thought through like what that reality would could end up being because it's not even it's like ah, that won't happen hope it does but man like what if it does mm-hmm. what if it does and and that I mean, it's so weird the the team that we have right now, because so I'm I'm 27. The all of the teams that I have seen are all they've all been, you know, mash dudes who we we lose the game, you know, nine to eight, and now we are legitimately the opposite of that right now. It's kind of weird. And I'm like, where, <laughs> where, how, where? First of all, where did the, all the right-handers go, and where did all of the hitters go? 
Yeah. Do you remember when we were talking in some of our pre- our like spring training stuff last year about how we might have a late nineties Rangers team, like a lot of arms or like a lot of bats, and then we weren't yeah. really sure where the arms were, and then we had Joey Gallo and two Cy Young contenders. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, I'm used what to like I don't know Kevin Minch and like uh, Cameron Lowe. You know, Ooh, those, like that kind of that kind of dynamic of like That's the Rangers dichotomy. Yeah, you're like, well, I mean, Minch is pretty good, I guess. He's a great like eighth place hitter, and uh, but you know, your ace is Tanner Shepherds, something like yeah. that, and you're like, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, 2020 is a is a year of year of I pitching love me and some Hank Blaylock and Rick Helling. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Don't uh, be smart, Rick Helling. <laughs> This is like the seventh time I have done this and that you have said that to me, Mike. <laughs> I love Rick Helling, but he was yes. the best Rangers pitcher I was aware of for many years. And it's like, this isn't very good. Yeah. Remember Kevin Millwood? Of course oh. I remember Kevin Millwood. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was a big signing. I remember Vicente when he signed. Vicente Padilla. Woof. Man, Padilla sorry was that good. We're just doing, we like should put a bit. warning on this before we started this. I'm sorry to everybody who had to listen to us remember some guys here. All right, I'll Oof. remember you one more. I could go. I, we could keep going. This is actually mm-hmm. kind of fun. Just like memory association. Yeah, it's but, a fun uh, brain game. Um, Channel Park. Oh, Oof. come on, man. Yeah, buddy. Oh, come on, don't do that to me. <laughs> uh, man, okay. Well, actually, also while we're talking about this, I, I this is. I feel like I'm in the minority on this opinion, but I really don't understand why. Um, the vest jerseys that we had in that era, mm-hmm. I love them. I really loved them, and especially like with Alfonso Soriano and Blaylock and stuff. We were su- they they kept on teasing that they would do a game without the blue undershirt, mm-hmm. and that they would just have like shirtless vests. They would look so awesome, like Minch, Blaylock, all those guys. The Reds did um, that last year. Yeah, it looks so sleepless. fun. Uh, Yasiel Puig looked like a like a superhero. It ruled. Future Ranger Yasiel Puig. What is going on with that? It's March 1st, and Yasiel Puig is a free agent. Unless he signed, like, today. He didn't sign today, today. I'm going to look this up. No. No, Cespedes Family Barbecue would have blown up my timeline if he had signed. I don't understand. I mean, I get why there's some weirdness in his profile. He might just be an average hitter and a slightly below average fielder. Sure, sure, sure. But this is still a guy who's put up some very impressive seasons in the past and mm-hmm. is a league average hitter. Like... I, mm, mm. I, w- I wish he was a slightly better fit with the Rangers roster and that I could get more behind the idea of really wanting it. I can kind of see why the Rangers wouldn't want to add another sort of questionable corner bat, but meh. I wish he could still play center. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, he's just 29 years old, too. He just turned 29 in December. So, yeah, that's that is crazy. Weird. That's really weird. If he had, had me guess, I would have said that he was 35. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. He did come over from Cuba, but he wasn't—he wasn't old when he did. He it was, just seems like he's been around forever. He, has, he came up in what, thirteen or fourteen? Oh, I don't remember. But that was uh, a super fun week. It—I uh, won my fantasy league because of like the month that I got out of Yasiel Puig. Mm. It was incredible stuff. Uh, wild horse, twenty thirteen for him. Wild horse. That was a that was an incredibly fun time. But speaking of fun times, the Rangers are actually playing fake baseball, uh, but they are playing fake baseball in the guise of real baseball. So that's kind of cool. 
And of those corner outfielder type dudes earlier, at least one of them got going today uh, in the percentage of what well, we're remembering some guys. Uh, uh, he played for the Rangers a long time ago. I don't know if you still remember his name, but uh, Joey Gallo. Rings a bell. Yeah, he's like a big power guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's like all he does, right? I think he's a left-handed. But yeah, he uh, he rocked one today off a of lefty, which, mm-hmm. Mike, we were talking about this earlier. Do you still have his stats against left-handed pitchers not, pulled up? Not the whole line, but his slugging percentage against right-handers, this was 90 at-bats, was 747. That's not his ops. That's his slugging. Yeah. That's just insane. He slugged an airplane against lefties last year. Yeah, <laughs> 190 WRC plus against lefties, and he had a 900 oh. OPS against righties. It's not like he was getting oh. killed there. Yes, so that's fine. Um, the thing here today was off of not a good pitch, but that's what you want a guy like Joey Gallo to do is when he gets a bad pitch to crush it, and when he gets a good pitch to also crush it. So, hey, that's fun. Uh, and he was joined on the Dinger Parade by podcast favorite Sam Huff. Or yeah. as they call him today on Twitter, Slam Huff. <laughs> yeah, so rocked one dead center at the top of the batter's eye. Yeah, that's got to uh, be a good 40-foot batter's eye. Yeah, humongous. And it's dead center, so it's 410 feet to straightaway center, and he hit the top of the batter's eye behind that mm-hmm. fence. Yeah, yeah that, that would be about 474 AD, I think. And it was fun. It was, it was a good little dinger. It's a healthy dong on that boy. And of, then, of course, slugging phenom Isaiah Connor Falefa hit his yeah. second home run of the spring. <laughs> yeah. Team Wait, leading second, second home run. Team yeah, lead, exactly. He sent <laughs> twice as many home runs as any other player on the team so far. And uh, I would say I hope we keep that up, but that would be probably <laughs> really bad. Uh, no offense to Isaiah Connor Falefa, but if he doubles up Joey Gallo in home runs this year, something truly horrible has happened. It, it means he'll hit 100 home runs. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna speak that into existence. Yeah, it may happen. You don't know. If that does happen, I I quit this podcast forever and give up my chair to Isaiah Connor Falefa. A true honor, indeed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, you really give up that much power and that much fame <laughs> yeah. and financial ha- security. Well, at, at that point, I'll be too busy doing things on Wall Street. So, you know, true. Hey, true, true, true. Uh, yeah, so he has hit five home runs in his career. So. How many spring training home runs does he hit, though? Uh, he he hit a single. Oh, like in his career, career in yeah. training? Let's see if I can pull this oh, up. Oh, man. That could take a bit. Is that? I got spring training stats here. Hold on. Let me count. Home runs. Can, yeah. One. Three. He has three. He hit one go. in 2017. <laughs> Great. So he has. He said he has five big league dingers? Yeah. In how many uh, big league games? Uh, he has played in 176 big league games. It's pretty nice. He's played in 52 spring training games. So in spring training, and one-third of the games, he's hit uh, three-fifths of the dingers. Very nice. Great. So this this is probably the biggest waste of stats research I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, IKF, so uh, I want to – what are we going to do with him? Like, what's his – what is he – where is he going and what's he doing in April? Mike, you want to crack at it? I honestly don't know. I mean, he's he's your backup at third. Um, I, I, I guess. Yeah, but Definitely I mean, backup at short right now. Yeah, well, but I mean, how many games are you get into there? I mean, Elvis is going to play 140 or 145, unless he gets injured. 
Yeah, he doesn't take many days off. Yeah. So, I mean, they've got other guys. When you've got Solak and Santana as your super yeah. utility guys. And, and Solak both really actually hit. shouldn't be playing short. And honestly, Santana right. is not much more than, I think, a, a spot shortstop. Like, you really don't want to rely That's on him. That's all that you need. As anything right. other than like a late inning replacement or a one off a week, maybe one off every two weeks. Really, you don't, he's not really a shortstop. Yeah, that's and all would, you need would, with a guy like Elvis. Yeah, unless he's so, got health problems, in which case you're going to sign somebody most likely. Like you have, you have pretty unique uh, positional flexibility, especially when you throw in the catcher's glove that they said that they gave up on last year, which was a smart move, I think. But uh, I mean, like he still can catch, right? Like he at least can can call a game for you if you need him to you know but like he's I don't, he's remarkably terrible at hitting i mean his ops plus was 58 last year which is a lot how you many know, times he, better than jeff mathis is that though um infinite because i don't know if you can <laughs> uh multiply a negative number and get the results you're looking for you can. uh <laughs> i guess yeah it's negative we, we have the like, math it's like negative, negative 30 times better um <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, eh. it's it's not really super important unless you're, uh, you know, kind of a deep dive Rangers podcast like this one or Rangers fan. You're not really going to care about the future of Isaiah Connor Falefa, but uh, it's it's weird. And then like the 26 man of, and with the rosters expanding this year, I mean, you know, dude, the 26 with, man is interesting to me because it, I think in some ways it minimizes the value of a player like Izzy, where you don't have to squeeze as much utility out. But in a, in a way that's specific to him, as opposed to most super utility guys who are not super utility, they're just very utility. They're they're extra utility, but not very good at the hitting part. So, like, Kike Hernandez doesn't count because he actually can hit. That one year of Marwin Gonzalez when he had trash cans, he wasn't super utility because he could hit. Ben Zobrist is a great hitter. Um, but... It looks like a lot of teams are going to at least consider that 26-man as a third catcher because MLB managers are absolutely allergic to the idea of pinch hitting for catchers because they're afraid that like multiple guys can get hurt in a game. But if Kiner Falefa is in between a backup catcher and an emergency catcher, then Texas really doesn't need to carry a, uh, a third-string catcher on its actual roster because it has a guy that it can comfortably rely on if, if weird stuff happens in a game before they have a chance to call a guy up. And that can extend the bench a little bit where you've got like a nice utility infield backup pinch runner who also can play behind the plate if you want to pinch hit in the seventh inning for Mef Jathis, who you should be pinch hitting for frequently. Who you should be firing into the sun, you mean? <laughs> Well, and of course, that's probably not going to happen. Good, good timing there. On uh, Jose Trevino broke a knuckle with that foul tip the other day, and so he's going to mm-hmm. miss hopefully not too long, say about two weeks. But missing two weeks in the like, the heart of spring training like this, I think, pretty much assures that he will start the year in Triple A. Um, yep. So like, Texas could throw a roster spot at a Nick Chufo. Ch- Ch- I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry, Chufo, um, <sighs> or whatever, but. Uh, At least Garcia. I don't think he can catch. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about putting a catcher. I thought you were just talking about a general 26 man. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the idea that you don't know who Nick Chufo is is uh, in no way reflective upon you as a person. Yeah. He's uh, like a career seventh string catcher from, I'm going to guess here, 
Philadelphia. I think he was a Philly. Does that sound right? <sighs> Don't sure. ask me. Ah, whatever, man. But yeah, I think like you're saying, it opens the opportunity that that Texas starts the year with Adelise Garcia, a, a crazy athlete with power who's never been able to hit, or like Rob Refsnyder, who's a, a Nick Solak less. And I think wasn't Solak is a Yankees prospect e- at one point? Yeah. Yeah, so Re- Rob Refsnyder is just Nick Solak, but s- smaller and with less offensive upside. Wouldn't that also be Eli White? <laughs> Eli White. Well, but apparently yeah. Eli White, They remember how much they loved him in spring training last year? He was like the fastest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And Oh, yeah, Michael Young was, was a, gassing him up. A scratch center fielder and looked incredible and then uh, didn't play. So. Yeah. Yeah. Beware of, uh, what's this, um, Woodward saying... That guy is elite or very close to elite. That was a, that's a kiss of death. He yeah, said the same yeah. thing about uh, was it Matt Davidson last year? Yep. Yeah. Like Matt. Where did he end up? Dude, I don't know. Uh, we let him go. Uh, he's with the Reds, apparently. All right. Best of luck to him. Thanks but for yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for all the memories. Yeah, that's so. that's where crazy players go to die. Guess who else is with the Reds that you would have... Well, I mean, they have an interesting team right now. I mean, Trevor Bauer heads up their rotation, and Sonny Gray is out there. No, it's just the random pickup. Oh, random pickup. Is it a Rangers connection? King Felix. No, he's with the Braves. Is he? I thought he was with the Reds. No, he's with the Braves. I I saw him in a Braves uniform the other day, and it was very weird. So is he going to be trying to go as a reliever? I I haven't kept up with it to be honest. I I, okay. I think with that team, he doesn't have a great shot as being the fifth starter. Right. But if he has a good spring, that's a team that would love to have a guy like that sitting there with their starters and like coaching them on how to be a guy who is as good for as long as Felix was. Mm-hmm. Right. Before the Mariners pitched his uh, absolute arm off, Felix has never made a playoff game, right? Uh, nope. Yikes. Oh, man, I got his page pulled up right here. Yeah, from, let's see here, from 2006 to 2016. From 11, yeah, for 11 years, he averaged 212 innings pitched. All for nothing. Yep. With a a 318 ERA. Gosh, I love him so much. And that's with his last two years being terrible, right? Uh no, so that was that's excluding seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Dang. So you're gonna see the same thing happen with Trout. Poor guy. Best player in baseball never plays in a playoff game. I was saying before we hit record, I want Otani to win the Cy and the MVP for his hitting. I want Trout to have a ten win season so he starts breaking fan graphs and Baseball Reference. I want Rendon to look good so I feel justified in wanting the Rangers to have signed him, and I want the Angels to lose ninety three games. And honestly, with that roster, they could do that. They just might do it. (laughs) Look, look, I mean, uh, you know, Rendon's better than, not to, I guess, it's funny because we were talking about Blaylock and and these old Rangers teams, but I mean, we've we've seen this formula not work, man. Uh, (laughs) Not work at all. uh, Even even if you have prime Alex Rodriguez, it leads a lot to be desired in the standings department, so... Kind of funny That'll be how fun that to works. watch. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to keep up with what the Angels look like throughout the season because there's obviously an enormous amount of upside there, but 
uh, there's also a lot of angels there. <laughs> so, and one poo holes, one yeah. poo holes, which is fine. Uh, but that's fine. I think it was Grant Brisby tweeted out that uh, a, a copy of the pronunciation guide from the Angels Media Guide. He's like, you'd think poo holes would be the funniest name in here, and yet, because they have a pitch named Ty Buttree. And the the guide spells it out as butt tree, and it's it's really funny looking. Nice, Ty Buttree. I I thought his name was Butree for a while, so jokes on me. So oh. I've got the the Angels page up here on on Fangraphs, and okay. uh, their twenty twenty projections. No, 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 no. Just like their franchise page, because um, I was trying to get to to something. And Mike Trout, I mean, somewhat surprisingly, I think, he, he is their all-time wins leader and wins above replacement. Um, I mean, the Angels, who have been around since 1961, um, he is pretty much doubled up. No, not doubled up Chuck Finley at number two, but he is Chuck Finley is at 51. Trout is at 72. Nice. Like, I just, you have a franchise that's been around for 60 years, <laughs> and just some guy who comes in and just, like, shows you how it's all done within a quick couple of years it's it's just remarkable like i love just looking at his numbers it's, it's kind of like the barry bonds thing where you're just like it, it, how 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 big can these numbers get i want to yeah break fan graphs break uh baseball reference yeah Gosh. it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good the aos this year is going to be weird um i was listening to effectively wild and they were going over some things and i think that jumped out to me is that there are only three teams in baseball that have a zero percent playoff percentage according to fangrass projections um, two of them are very guessable it's the orioles and tigers i believe uh and then it's the mariners which huh i mean mm-hmm. i mean i know they're bad but that's just because they're the mariners uh, they could be quite bad. You have the Angels oh, yeah. being the Angels. The Astros is going to be basically on fire all year as they continue to deal with their inability to deal with their cheating. Uh, yeah. And then you've got Texas, which, uh, honestly, I don't know what Texas looks like. This could be a 500 team, and we're all like, yeah, that sounds about right. This team could win 90 games somehow. And we're like, okay, I don't really know how this happened, but we also have, look at these pitchers. We have three Cy Young contenders on this team. Yeah. Or they could lose 90 games, and it's like, well, yeah. Because you got to score runs to win baseball You do games. have to score, and, like, you know, these these pitchers are just getting older at this point, and, you know, Corey Gluber was hurt, and it's easy to, to path that out. I think that's true for a lot of teams, but it's it's very true for Texas this year. But the AL West is just kind of a strange place right now. Yeah. So, speaking of the Astros real quick, I mean, we, we've already done our, our uh, you know, we put our heads back we, and laughed. Yeah, 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 we already did that. Um, but man, yeah, they're really not doing well with the uh, the fact that there's like now there's actually people that they're playing against and there's crowds that they're playing in front of. Um, did Did you see the uh, the video of the guy? It's like just yes. some fan uh, yes. yelling into the dugout like during a rain delay or something. Yeah, and he was he was like, uh, "What? Are you he, get the trophy back? Yeah, you're gonna give the trophy back and." You have some coach like who turns his head and like tries to clap back at him. Yeah, like, dumb. Just dude, dumb. Just 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 take it. Just take just it. Shut up. Yeah. You don't you're you're not going to <laughs> like win that argument, man. You cheated to win the World Series. Like just shut up. Like 
It's it's just it's I mean it what we know is is that it's an organizational problem. It comes from the top. It permeates every inch of that organization. We we knew that before the Manfred thing and the report and stuff came out. It's just man, it's gonna be a long season for them. And, yeah. and I, I also saw um, Altuve giving an interview today, like in, in after the game, um, in front of his locker, and like it looked like he was about to cry because he was talking about somebody asked him about like facing all the booze and stuff, and he just kind of yeah, he got mumbled his way through in it. his debut. Yeah. So. And and I this is something I'm looking forward to. I think I'm on the record already in this podcast as not being a fan of headhunting, throwing baseballs at guys is not good. Um, you can seriously injure or even kill people. Ray Chapman uh, by doing that, it's an old-fashioned part of the game that I think could easily go by the wayside. But it's going to happen, and MLB's response to it has already been not great. I think that in some ways they kind of had to come out and say something like they did, but I think coming out so aggressively the same week that it came out that the players were really a big part of the cheating scandal and defending those players after they'd already let them, let them get away with it was very bad optics for MLB. Shocker that MLB, this current uh, <laughs> league, had some bad optics on the thing. But I'm not looking forward to the Astro season being derailed because, you know, Alex Bregman gets hit in the hand and breaks three bones. And that it just, it throws off the conversations we could have about, is this team good? Is this team bad? And it really, really derails any conversations that we could have about how we can legitimately improve the sport that we like. Because I think we all, one of the big things that we have with the cheating is that it sucks for keeping up with stats and who are the best teams and who are the best teams year to year even not just all time you know i love talking about barry bonds but it sucks that we don't know what bonds would look like if he wasn't juicing he still would have been one of the best players of all time probably you, you can't teach what the guy was able to do and you can't create it in a lab but we can't ever have that conversation because we know what happens and Something stupid is going to happen this year. We're never going to know what the 2017 Astros would look like without the cheating, and I think we're running a big risk that we're not going to know what the 2020 Astros would look like without stupidity occurring, and I hope that doesn't happen because I'm not going to be happy about it, and I'm not going to be happy to see certain corners of the Internet, (coughs) Yankees fans, cheering it, Um, and Red Sox fans maybe. We'll see if they get banned. It, whenever MLB gets around to actually releasing that report. I think I've seen like three dates on when the MLB was supposed to have the Red Sox report, and we still haven't seen it yet. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. And it's strange that they keep kind of pushing that back. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I don't know how to interpret that in either direction. Ugh. That's enough real talk, right? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about dingers. <laughs> So remember Sam Huff? Yeah, let's just talk about him more. <laughs> well, when remembering Sam Huff, I'm remembering another guy who I unfortunately had to listen to a number of other teams' radio broadcasts of spring training games, including the Ugh Angels earlier. Really, just dreadfully boring radio broadcast. Um, I think Rangers fans are really spoiled uh, by Nadell, but also by Hicks and Sandler, who do a, oh, yeah, I think put out a pretty great. good show. I like listening to Hicks and Sandler even without Nadell in there, and. Man, it was kind of rough listening to this (laughs) broadcast. But a guy that multiple teams have commented on when he steps into the box uh, is Shirton Apostle. Yeah, buddy. 
they all love to read his height weight and then you can kind of tell that they're not really believing his list weight of 235 when they're saying it uh, I think isn't that what Gallo has traditionally been listed at about 235 uh, 225 uh, 235 I don't know because in I know we talked about this last spring training that Gallo looked much bigger than his list weight and in his video interview with uh, Evan uh, Evan Grant he did confirm that he starts most seasons around 265. Yeah, I saw that. That was a great, great watch. I unfortunately lost my video connection like halfway through it, so I had to start it over again, which wasn't unfortunate. <laughs> I That's just watched funny. it two and a half times or whatever. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. No. It was very good. You got to really know Joey the person. Mm-hmm. Had there been like, more of those? Uh, not yet that I've seen. Like he I said, his are. his biggest fear is not getting married. That really surprised me. Aww, you would think we? that he has women just throwing themselves at him day in and day out. Dudes, too. I mean, I'll marry him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I got a ring on the finger. That's not going to be a problem. Like, Joey, I got you. I got you. Worry not. But yeah, that was a really good sec- sequence. I hope we get more of those. I love that kind of um, that kind of behind the scenes stuff, and we've gotten a bunch of that. I think the Rangers are, are actually doing pretty well. Emily Jones clearly has a really good connection with a lot of the yeah. players, and we get some pretty fun little vignette interviews when she does the uh, like pick a Ranger who looks like this to you or whatever. I think those are right. always pretty fun. It's it's e- it's generally been pretty easy for me to be a Rangers fan, and for most people, Rangers fans, I think because they've generally had likable people on this team and I, I just hope that that continues going because it's pretty nice yeah the difference in this show is that it was a 22 minute sit down with one player and, and, and they clearly went have... for you know two hours or whatever and they, they cut it so you get just really good stuff yeah yeah God, I had a great time we need to I don't know if our if the account tweeted that out but uh, for those listening it will be in the accounts feed very good video absolutely uh, encourage everyone to pull that up at work and take a long bathroom break or whatever it is you need to do remember company time is what you make of it <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> or what you make with it all right moving on oh, Ah, so yeah, um... Still working on the stadium. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that it's weird that I don't really know what the, like, roster position battles are for the Rangers. That, like, there are some kind of interesting questions, like, who's the fifth starter? But there aren't really that many questions about the team other than, like, who is the center fielder. It is... Not comfortable that on March 1st, the biggest question about what the Rangers' lineup is going to look like is where will it be playing on opening day? Well, opening day for the, the home opener. Yeah. It'll be done. It'll but be it's done. Not, it's not great that it's not done on March 1st. I yeah. remember it, it coming down to the wire the last time around, just like this, though. Yeah. That's what happens. <sighs> Man, yeah, I just... It just seems like... This is something that I would do or that all of us would do when it comes to, like, you know, writing a paper. Like, you, kn- you knew that this your, your, your final grade for the semester was this whole paper, and you got assigned it the second week of class, and you've just kind of, here you are, like, on the night before it's due, you know, banging out, like, ten pages. And you're like, ah, maybe I should have, like, not... 
it just is uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, that sounds exactly like me, though. So. It, it's yeah, just uncomfortable. Like, y- y- this has been, like, Speak two-year project. How are you going like, to have a two-year project, like, come down to, like, the final week really being important? <laughs> well, they even tried to do the thing where, like, you have an accident uh, three weeks before it's due that gives you some plausible liability because they had set fire to the thing, like, two months ago. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Could you see that from that. your place, Mike? Was that was it was the plume? Visible? I could not. It was obscured by trees, but uh, I did hop in the car and drive down there and did see the smoke. So that was when the Rangers elected their new pope. Yeah. Yes. And it was Joey Gallo. Yep. It's always Joey Gallo. I mean, why would you Man, elect anybody else? It, it, one more note on him. I mean, it, it it was crazy how he only played seventy games last year. We were talking about this before we hit record. Super. I mean, weird. he left such an indelible memory on like how. He went from a guy that you know was going to hover around 200 batting average to a guy that really it was clicking for him, and mm-hmm. to where the, those question marks are kind of gone. And uh, it was only 70 games, so I'm really excited to get six full months of him. Uh, I mean, he's the best. <laughs> and six full months of Willie Calhoun. Yeah, yes. jump that. That's gonna I mean, be we awesome. We end up with a couple of guys that are that are stretching out trying to get to 50 home runs. Imagine that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it was sweet. interesting listening to the uh, um, Effectively Wild series uh, previews when they, they got to Texas and they interviewed Levi Weaver, who was always uh, fun, always like listening to him, and it's always a good show. But the uh, they got to the Rangers, and one of the things they, they mentioned, is something that I've kind of gotten used to as being a Rangers fan over the last decade or so, is that there's always question marks at every position with Texas. And it kind of does feel that way, um, with the exception being Adrian Beltre for a long time. Uh, and you know, two of the guys who are not question marks to me, but I think are very fair to be question marks to national writers are Gallo and Calhoun. But those question marks were: Is Gallo healthy? And his track record says that, yeah, he probably is. He's not really been an injury-prone guy. He's had some things here. He's six-five, two sixty-five. He's a big guy. There's a lot of stuff to get hurt. Uh, and then talking about Calhoun, you know, can he do it for a whole year? You know, it is what what is Willie Calhoun as a full-season starter? And I like that I feel pretty good about the answers to both of those questions. Yes. Levi did a really good write-up, um, I want to say three or four weeks ago, about exactly what Calhoun changed yes. from 18 to 19. I mean, yeah. really in-depth piece. And it just showed he, he made definite, concerted adjustments to his swing. And that's why the results were different. It wasn't just he just went out there and... and had pitch recognition or this or that, he worked his butt off. Yeah, and and it got uh, it got broken out because you know we're on the the Twitter sphere now, so small sound bites and short statements are the things that people really glom onto these days, which has probably always kind of been true, but it's especially true right now. And I remember distinctly there was all that like kind of chuckling, but optimistic chuckling that he was talking about not having to swing through his gut anymore. Yeah. Right. And it turns out it's like, yeah, he meant it, but there was actually a lot more to that too. That he he really didn't just like, ah, oh, I decided to lose a little bit of weight, you know, pop up, got rid of this gut here. It's like, no, I gave up video games and I changed the like basic elements of my diet. And then eventually he changed the way he approaches the sport of baseball. He started thinking about it differently. He started talking to some different guys and listening to them differently. And Levi in that article and in his interview was talking about how Calhoun now is a guy who says, if the coaching staff tells me to do something, I know those guys are actually in it for me. And I can 
now I can just trust him. Like I yeah. don't have to question it. I do what they tell me to do. Like if they say take a 30 degree shower and run six miles, that's weird, man, but okay. And like that mentality is, it's, I think it's very important. You don't want to just blindly trust people giving you input, but if you can trust those guys and if we can trust that the Rangers are hiring good guys to be in charge, and I think we talked that a lot last year, I think Woodward seems like one of those kinds of guys. Yep. And his support staff, we said a lot of nice things about the, the pitching staff and the uh, the the hitting instructors last year. You know, Julio Rangel and, and all them were having a pretty good impact, as best we could tell. And if Willie Calhoun's transition is because the Rangers actually did some good player development at the major league level, that's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah, and I think the fact that a guy like Nomar, who unlikely did not embrace the new technology and the new coaching approach ends up, you know, traded off the team. And I think that sends a lot, a loud, strong message to the the rest of the players that you're going to have to figure out how to get on board. You know, they've got your best interest at heart. You, you can't be doubting what they're trying to tell you to do. You got to just kind of own it. And it, it, it's more than simply like, Doubting almost, it's that you you don't even that there's never even that policy in thinking because they can get in your head if you're if you're thinking about like no no I do trust these folks I do trust them I do if you're telling yourself that that's bad for a relationship that's bad for a work site that's bad for a baseball player where you're at a point where you're like no nah, I'm just I'm just I'm going for it like 100 percent that's just what we're doing I don't have to stop and think about it. I'm not going to waste any of my time and brain power that's awesome that is a a next step trust thing and that reduces stress so even if you're not getting maybe the greatest input from those guys you're also not stressing about what it is your coach is telling you and i want a dude who has the natural swing of willie calhoun stressing about nothing right. i want him worrying i don't want him thinking <laughs> just, trust the process just swing baby just swing yep Ugh. I also just want I mean, little Willie Calhoun crushing dingers because I don't think there's anything funnier than watching Willie Calhoun just hit the absolute piss out of a baseball. It's fun. It's, it's really good. Maybe Joey Gallo doing it. It's sort of a different experience. What were you about to say? I, mean, uh, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, we, I mean, Calhoun and Gallo, it's, it's you, you pencil that in pretty nicely and you got Let's let's say that Elvis remembers how to kick his leg and keep bad weight off, and I don't know, Chew is still not bad, and I mean, they, they have half of a lineup there, and then Todd Frazier's not going to be bad, right? He's not going to win a championship, but he's probably not going to be bad, and I don't know, like that could work. Danny Santana was the Player of the Year last year, for, like, and he earned it, and also the fact that Gal got hurt, but. I mean, he he can hit in theory in practice. He's done it once over a whole season. I don't know. Like, like you said, like, I mean, it, it, this could be a ninety-win team, and it's just basically like, do we get the best Elvis? Do we get the best Chew? Do we get the best Todd Frazier? Which is you don't really want to be in a position like that. But I don't know. Calhoun and Gallo in the middle is going to be tough to tough to beat, really. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm ready. For there's a lot of reason up. for yeah. There's a lot of reason for optimism. Yeah, we got 25 game or 25 days till opening day, I believe. And uh, yeah, about that time was, that came out today. My uh, the pitching my, is in a place, and 
hopefully those bats come around. It's nice to be watching actual baseball, even if it's not really actual baseball. They're keeping yeah. count. They're, they're, they're recording stats. That's always fun. Yes. I'm getting back in the swing and looking at my MLB app at the end of the day and looking at all the video highlights, and ooh, I'm ready for that opening day. But we should be bringing more of this content to you, getting back into our regular swing of things. Uh, we'll yep. have our opening day previews. We'll probably do some stupid season-long previews. We'll find some other way of forcing Hayden to buy a jersey after he loses a bet again. Yes. That's all going to be in the pipeline, so we hope you all are tuned in this year, and we'll be here doing our thing. Yeah. Third season. Woo! Here we go. At the podcast. So Good times. We haven't learned our lesson yet. No. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> Play ball. <laughs>